The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is the Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. If you desire to reach your highest potential in your professional life, the next hour is going to help you uncover proven concepts developed by Lori Moss to help you pump up your professionalism, up-level your career, and transform from being stuck to being sought after. The Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life, tackles all of the tough talks everyone knows about, gossips about, but never fully address in the workplace. Now is your time to transform with the expert in professional presence. Now, here is your host, Lori Moss. Hi, this is Lori. Today, we'll be talking about professional ethics and why it matters. Joining me today is Vince Lisi. Vince is a coach, he's a business consultant, a principal teacher, and the program director of Now Creations. And in his spare time, <laughs> he is an instructor with the Youngstown State University in Ohio and Penn State University, where he teaches professional ethics. Vince, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lori. A pleasure to be here with you. Well, let's just open up the show and... Um, First, why don't, why don't you tell our listeners, what is professional ethics? Well, whenever we're talking about professional ethics, obviously we're talking about how the professional conducts himself or herself in the workplace, talking about having the right values, especially the right sense of service. And particularly, as we know, there are many different types of professionals. Some are more or less good, more or less successful, successful. So professional ethics is really trying to help the person to understand the values and the style of service so that they can be most effective as a professional. One of the things that comes into play that's so very important is that as a professional, if you just ask yourself, where do you spend most of your waking hours? Uh, most people spend most of their waking hours at work with clients and coworkers. And it's the place where really they give their best energy in the course of the day. So in professional ethics, our goal is to try to teach you, in a sense, to understand how you can present yourself the very best at your workplace so that you can be quite successful as a professional. Our basic tagline is that good ethics is good business. Professional ethics really makes you professionally successful. That's a pretty good general understanding of professional ethics. So, Vince, you know, what are some clear and practical professional values that you talk about quite a bit in your work and your help at the universities and in your um, professional coaching and consulting? Sure. Whenever we're talking about professional values, the interesting thing is, the interesting thing is the fact that many times um, these values are within a person. They're not always really spoken about but they really are, in a sense, what guides the individual. Let me suggest uh, these are some of the most professional values. 
again, we're talking about professional values, not necessarily personal ones, but values that will help you to be successful in the workplace. The first and the absolutely most important one is to be client-centered, to really, in a sense, want to serve the client as opposed to simply serving yourself. When your bottom line is service to the client, then realistically the client experiences that concern of yours and you're going to be much more successful. We always like to say that the bottom line is service to the client. Money and success follows from that. The second one I would suggest to you that's very important is pride in your work, seeing your work as a reflection of yourself rather than just meeting minimum requirements of the job. I think any client can understand when a professional is relating to them if they're just kind of there doing their job or if there is a sense of pride in the way the professional goes about their work. These first two values, being client-centered rather than self-centered and taking pride in your work, I believe are two of the most essential qualities of professional ethics. There's a couple of other ones, uh, if you don't mind me mentioning them, I think that are rather important. Mm -hmm. Um, Go ahead. Yes, the other ones that I find are very important, they always sound trite, but they're so important, and that is to be trustworthy, to be honest and truthful, as opposed to being rather manipulative or sometimes taking advantage of things just for your own personal self. Trustworthiness, especially as your boss and company sees you in that way, is extremely important. And then conjoined with that is the notion of really being a team player, being able to work cooperatively with others, not only your boss, but also especially your peers, and then the people perhaps under your supervision A lot of people seem to lack the people skills of learning how to deal effectively with the team of which they're a part. And, of course, that last one, and I'm sure you knew I was going to say something like this, is that you have to have a mature understanding of people and situations rather than being emotional or moody or quick-tempered. This is what companies really look for in people people that can handle not just the ups but also the downs, and just to have that mature understanding, particularly of people skills, to deal effectively with the problems that come up day in and day out. These are some of the values that I think are extremely important. We kind of sum them all up with the notion of character, character, kind of that inward motivation to do what is right. Uh, to do what is right when no one else is looking, and to fulfill all of your responsibilities to your clients. That's a pretty good idea of some professional values. And Vince, I know that you um, spend several hours every week teaching at the universities where you have the young students there, and, and you're really... Ethics is part of their training to help them integrate into the workplace, in, in their first job, some are already working. I'm looking at these values, and I'm thinking of my experience, my professional experience. And that word experience um, seems very impactful So, and, and important. And experience can only be done through time. 
So what I'd like to do is, is maybe talk about um, what, what values can one get from the get-go while they're get, getting their experience? Like, well, as I, sure. As I mentioned, um, probably when you look at life and we all realize that with experience, we realize in the, lo- in the long run we learn so many things and they temper us in life. But um, what we constantly strive to help our students understand is that there are principles of success. There are just principles of success. And so many times, especially, the enthusiasm and the sincerity of the new professional are lost because we allow seasoning and experience sometimes to make us cut corners and so on. So what I normally tell my students is that once you have the principles, then realistically, if you follow the principles, whether new or older in the job, these are the things that will really give you success. Let me give you just a couple of examples of what I mean. I try to outline for them, first of all, you have to have a philosophy of, your, of the way you're going to present yourself. And our basic philosophy is good ethics is good business. That's really the guide. And then the goal is always the well-being of the customer in society. You can put your well-being first, but many times when you put personal gain over the satisfaction of the customer in society, whether you're a new professional or an old professional, that undermines the trust between you and your client. I think you would know, Lori, when someone is really respecting you or kind of maybe just using you for their own profit. So that goal of the well-being of the customer and enthusiastically serving them, whether new or old, that's what the customer wants. That's what the customer most feels. And so so the call to a, a new grad entering the workplace is to really understand who their customer is and what they what that customer needs from them. Um, am I correct in, in saying that? Usually, and um, I think it's, um, we always try to get our students to develop what we call the people skills. And the people skills really basically follow this particular guidance. You first of all have to respect the customer. Just for example, if you take any interpersonal relationship, Whenever a person feels respected, they begin to feel a bond of trust. And as soon as that person feels a bond of trust because they've been respected, then you have the opportunity of having a cooperative partnership. Respect leads to trust. That's how you really engage a customer or client. If they feel respected, that you're genuinely concerned about them, and they trust you, then you pretty much have the sale pretty well taken care of. But until you can build the trust that leads to the cooperation, that's where it's pretty much a job. Some days you're more successful than others. Nothing beats the enthusiasm of being directed to the client. Put yourself in the client's standpoint. When you go just to get your oil changed or get your hair done, that enthusiastic reception, doesn't it just make you feel good? You just want to be there. Absolutely. You feel that you're being respected. And when you feel you're being respected, you're much more inclined than to give business to that particular person. 
that's how we kind of get our students. The principles never die, whether you're young or old. You have to know the foundational principles. Client concern and enthusiastic respect for them, they are the basics. And then also the sincerity behind that. Because enthusiasm could be conjured up, but if, if the um, intention isn't sincere behind that... Um, absolutely. You're absolutely correct. That's why you have to be client-centered. Uh, that's what really starts the enthusiasm. Um, any fairly intelligent person knows when one is being enthusiastic for their own self-centeredness, and when one is being genuinely, sincerely enthusiastic and respectful of them. Uh, you hit the nail on the head, Lori. That's exactly right. The enthusiasm has to be client-centered as opposed to self-centered. That's why it always starts with client-centeredness and a willingness to serve. But then, see, you have to be smart enough that that's really how good business occurs. You have to be convinced that good ethics is good business. The bottom, the bottom line for professional ethics is service and respect. Money and success will follow. If you put money and success first and put service and respect secondarily, you're going to have a minimal or a decreased sense of success. You have to put it into practice, though. You can sit and debate it all day long, but the best <laughs> people are the ones who understand it and do it. That's right. It, you know, and I am thinking how difficult it seems. Um, let's say it's the first time we meet with a client, and in order for them to even pause and listen to what I have to say, or whoever or to what we have to say, they they have to get a sense that you respect them and you know nothing about them, and that's where questioning and research and preparedness sometimes. Those are just some tools to getting, and it's a show of respect by doing our homework. So we don't just show up. We're in performance mode, which is because we're trying to get that relationship where you're talking about a shift that happens before we even arrive. And, That's right, without yeah. a doubt. And you're quite correct. You have to do the homework. You have to be able to know, in a sense, things about your client. But the most important thing is not the knowledge you have about the client, but your willingness to serve the client. Your willingness to be of service trumps the knowledge. You may get a few facts wrong, and a client is quite forgiving, but if you're not sincerely interested in the client, no matter how many facts you have right, you're only going to be secondarily successful. You're and they're not going to give you a second shot, chances are. I don't think so. You know the old adage, uh, you don't have a second chance to make a first impression. But really what it boils down to is today's clients, particularly in the professional world, are very intelligent and they're very, very perceptive. They know frauds and they know people who are trying to play the system or play them. A genuine person who is intelligent, well-informed, but sincerely respectful they are the people, in a sense, who are most successful. I can only tell you this. I've been doing this for 50 years, and um, I find myself busier than ever, never have to advertise, because when I come across this way, 
I've just found that my experience has been that good ethics is good business. Never having to look for business if you present yourself well initially and then, of course, develop a reputation that quickly spreads among others. Is it not true that all professionals know who are really good in an area? And yes, after a while, <laughs> the word just gets out. Sure. And that person becomes sought after, so we don't have to worry about seeking it out, which is a whole different level of fulfillment in business. I think you're absolutely right. And I I have found that to be absolutely true, that if you're good, all of the other professionals in the area know it. And by and large, you don't have to go out advertising. They seek you out for consultation, and oftentimes they'll seek you out for referrals because they want to give their clients to the best person in the area. That's right. Okay, we're um, stay tuned. We'll be right back with tips from Vince on how to deal effectively with stress in the workplace. We'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. When you see someone, are you seeing the person or the perception? We see labels such as fat, thin, black, white, rich, poor, but we don't always see the true identity. Listen for New Dimensions with Reverend Nicholas Barrett. On this program, we'll embrace the breaking down of societal paradigms, our norms, and acceptance of our false selves. You can find your identity the way that God intended. Forget all the labels that you think you see. Tune in every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Most of us have experienced the loss of a loved one, be it a friend or family member. There are all kinds of questions and emotional pain that we go through, but you can move on. Listen for From Morning to Morning with Rabbi Mel Glazer. It doesn't matter what faith you are or if you even have no faith. You are sure to find meaning in Rabbi Mel's words and personal experience, as well as that of his guests. From Morning to Morning airs live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. are listening to the Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. If you have a question for Lori Moss, you can tweet it at L Moss Concepts. Find us on Facebook with keyword Lori Moss Concepts or send an email to radio at LoriMossConcepts.com. Stay connected by visiting LoriMossConcepts.com to learn more. While you're there, read our blog and sign up for the Lori Moss Concepts newsletter for more tips. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. Lori Moss here with my guest, Vince Lisi. 
And we're continuing our discussion about professional ethics and why it's good for business. Before the break, we were talking about how important it is to be client-centered. And the opposite to that is self-centered. But to focus on what your client needs and wants from you in order to have the respect and give you the cooperation that you are seeking. Part of that is pride in your work, being trustworthy, honest, truthful, a team player, and having a mature understanding um, of, of a situation. And, you know, part, you know, part of an immature response would be emotional, moody, quick-tempered, which is, is a very typical knee-jerk reaction, but it really doesn't get us to where we need to go. And one of the um, concepts that Vince led with as, as we opened up our show today was really all of us knowing that we have access, we have an inner knowing ac- access to what the next right thing is. And um, so without further ado, um, Vince, welcome back as we continue our discussion today on good ethics is good business. Thank you, Lori. Um, Vince, let's talk a little bit about attitude um, and why that's important to professional presence. We talked a little bit about it before we went to break. Um, but One attitude, is that a topics, mindset? might or? I say. Pardon me? One of my favorite topics, might I say, why <laughs> attitude is so important. My gosh, Absolutely. And you know what? It's a manager's nightmare around attitude. It is the hardest thing to talk about. And it yet is. it's the elephant in the room. So go for it, Vince. Let's hear what you have to say. Sure. Um, well, there are a couple of things that become extremely important by attitude. The first one is simply addressing the issue, why attitude is so important. I'm going to give you three words. If we learn nothing else from this phone call, may these three words be what we take from it. Attitude affects productivity. Attitude affects productivity. It affects your own productivity. You're either your best friend or your worst enemy, and only you can be your best friend or your worst enemy. It also affects the productivity of our coworkers and certainly our clients and customers, but also It affects the attitude of the people in a sense that we might be supervising. We're responsible for the work of those we're supervising. So our attitude and how we affect them becomes extremely important. If you're a worker and you just ask yourself, how do you feel when the boss comes around? Or what is your attitude towards the boss? You realize that the boss plays a very important part in your life. And if your boss expects you to produce, then it's very important to understand that the people under you will take on many of your characteristics. So it's extremely important to realize that, first of all, attitude affects productivity, your own, the attitude of your coworkers, and, of course, the people that you might be supervising, and, of course, then lastly, the client or the customer. When you enthusiastically approach the customer, they feel that attitude just without a doubt. Do I have time to mention a couple of other things? Absolutely. Go ahead. 
Well, one of the things that's interesting is that um, if you made a list of the attitudes you would like to see in someone, say a coworker, and the attitudes you would not like to see in a coworker or any professional, and let's just say you made a list of one through seven, and you put down all of the things you would like to see and then all of the things you would not like to see. If you made a list and just said to yourself, rather than looking for these things in others or hoping I don't see them in others, if you would just say, this is the way that I'm going to be or this is the way I'm not going to be. It's the old notion of be the change you'd like to see in the world. Most people have a tendency to criticize the attitudes of others without changing their own. You always have the opportunity of being your best. So when you realize that you would like to see certain things in others as professionals relating to you, the very things you would like to see in others, make them the things you have within your own self. Allow what you would like to see in others become your attitude in life. And I I would just want to suggest um, uh, a second uh, point that comes into play, and that is that why attitude is so important. Um, Attitude certainly affects productivity, but you have to know why it affects productivity. Attitude affects productivity because you become what you think. Whatever you're thinking, whatever your attitude is, That's what's going to show up in your life. You can't always change circumstances, but you can always change your attitude. If you go to work each day and you just say, I'm not in a great mood, having a lousy day, well, you pretty well diminished your attitude. Your attitude is always going to be reflecting in what you're going to be doing in the midst of that day. That's why it's so important to have a good attitude. Attitude or energies, attitude or energies that determine what's going to show up. There's a lousy piece of poetry, Laurie. You might chuckle with it, but it's pretty good. My life will stink as it is always stunk if I continue to think as I have always thunk. <laughs> yes. It's pretty bad, uh, but it's so bad, it's so bad that you can't, you can't forget it. Uh, attitude is so important because it affects productivity. And more than anything else, it's going, to show, it's going to affect the way you show up in life. The trick, of course, is maintaining a good attitude when you have so many other pressures at work. I don't know if you want to get into that or not. Well, I'm going to uh, just expand a little bit on this conversation about attitude. Oftentimes... I have found the person with the attitude may not realize they have the attitude or they have lived with it so long it's part of the identity they've created. But who recognizes it are people that work for them and also their boss. It seems to be an area of conversation in business that is very difficult to address because it's considered subjective. And... Do you have some experience around that situation? Let's say it's a boss that recognizes one of their supervisors is really impacting um, 
the supervisor's department? Well, certainly without a doubt. Um, I, I think we can honestly say that any boss has an impact upon those that are underneath that particular boss. But I think what we have to understand when it comes to attitude is everything else being equal, when you're good and you present yourself positively in the workplace, it's not a guarantee that you have then a high percentage possibility, first of all, being recognized for your work. And if your work produces results, then realistically you're on a path of success. But until you show up with a good attitude and until your attitude reflects in results, no matter how good you are or how bad you are, things aren't going anywhere. That's why I just want to give you my encouragement that attitude affects productivity. Any intelligent person knows that, but any good boss sees the results that comes from a person with a good attitude. I've worked in uh, manufacturing for quite some time as well, and I find that uh, many of the foremen, kind of the middle managers, there's a direct correlation between the attitude they have and the results they get, both in dealing with those that they're supervising as well as the tangible results, the actual product itself. I believe without a doubt there's an absolute correlation between the attitude you have and the results. People who are not going anywhere might criticize you, and people who, in a sense, are critical or judgmental usually, in a sense, have their own inner problems. Why would you not want to show up your best each day? Why would you take kind of like a critical, sarcastic attitude towards others? The only way you would do that is because you're steeped in kind of or being caught in your own lower energies. But the person that comes through on a regular basis, and you make such a good point, for the good person, for the especially the good initial professional, they can't allow the negativity of seasoned workers to take over their negativity. That can often happen. But I just want to give you my encouragement and to all young professionals, to any professional, your boss notices you. Your boss is always looking for the next star. And if you show up with those qualities of a good personality plus good results, you're on your way, regardless of what anyone else is going to say. Your boss's boss is not concerned about who do you like or who you don't like, but rather who's giving you results. You can give results without having to be a monster or an ogre. You just have to know what you're doing and then practice the skills that bring you there and not allow others, in a sense, to take you off of the course that you know to be the right and proper one for you. Some suggestions. So I'm, you know, I'm thinking here about, um, you know, somebody that comes into work with with a very positive attitude, they they want to be successful and and make a contribution, and the energy around, let's say, the entire department um, is a really low energy. What can that person do to sustain their energy? Because as the, the adage is, everybody performs to the to the lowest level of the group, so to speak. Um, how does one stay above 
that energetic pull down and contribute to the level they'd like to. Um, we always say, how do you stay above the battleground? It's kind of a nice way of putting it as well. Well, quite frankly, if, um, if you're a new person or even a seasoned person, if truly the boss is like that and the attitude is like that among especially the older workers, you're not going to make very much progress. And my honest advice would be to seek another job or another boss. Mm-hmm. You're probably not going to be able to affect any change there. The only way that I think you can sustain yourself in a job that is not the highest and the nicest and the most pleasant is you have to have a higher reason for staying there. In other words, uh, you may be in a job that you really don't like, but it has certain benefits that are very, very important to your family. It could be anything from money to medical benefits and so on. So if you have a higher purpose for being there, that can often compensate Mm -hmm. for not having the greatest working place. For many young professionals, however, uh, quite frankly, we call it, this is the age of the mobile professional. Most uh, young professionals cut out if they see that they can't be their decent self at their job. They're not going to stay around bosses and people that aren't going anywhere. They'd rather leave and find a more pleasant atmosphere that not only works it pleasant it's pleasant for them, but that they can rise in a pleasant atmosphere. Many people are leaving old crusty bosses. And quite might I say that uh, much of the management in many companies is changing. They're not looking for the power monger boss anymore. They're much more looking for a boss and coordinate a group of talented people and allow the talents of the group to come out. So I do think we're in an age of transition where good bosses are looking for good people rather than simply old bosses wanting to be entrenched in their positions. Younger professionals just will not deal with it. They'll leave, and I, I, just, I encourage them to do so, my honest opinion. And it, it just leads back to respect, um, building trust, and then getting cooperation. Oh, absolutely. And I always tell our young professionals that, uh, and old professionals, the things that you expect, respect, trust, the, the things you want to extend, respect, trust, and cooperation, as you mentioned, should be the things that are extended to you. That's what a good boss would do. They respect you, they build the trust, and they cooperate so that the very things we would hope to extend must be the things that we practice. The most successful companies and people are those who practice those things. To the degree that we do not do those things, our success pretty well is diminished. You can't beat the principles. There's an energy. There's an energy to being respectful and trustful and cooperative. It wins every game. It wins every game. Okay, I like that idea of energy. And we are going to take a short pause and... So everyone be thinking about what energy do you bring into the workplace, and we will be right back to talk more with Vince Lisi. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. 
Listen for The Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. On It's Absolutely All About You, host Eileen Nunez bases her show on the forthcoming book of the same name. If you've been taught to hold your head high and keep your self-esteem in check, where do you go if you aren't yet achieving that goal? Each program is based on a chapter of the book and comes from Eileen's many years of experience in order to help you find your inner peace. Listen for It's Absolutely All About You, live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to do all of those things that you always said you'd do in your life. What's stopping you? Is it other people, your environment, fear? What could give you a push? Tune in to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. Our show is all about taking risks and turning them into positives and personal gain. We'll help your inner voice speak up and get you out of that comfort zone. Raising the Bar can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. are listening to the Lori Moss show better job better life if you have a question for Lori Moss you can tweet it at L Moss concepts find us on Facebook with keyword Lori Moss concepts or send an email to radio at Lori stay connected by visiting Lori to learn more while you're there read our blog and sign up for the Lori Moss concepts newsletter for more tips now back to this week's program Welcome back. Lori Moss here with my guest, Vince Lisi, as we con- continue our discussion about professional ethics and its impact on our customers, our lives, and those with whom we work. So in our last segment, we, we talked, we covered quite a few things, but we really talked about attitude and how it affects productivity. It, it actually affects uh, turnover in businesses as the um, current workplace isn't really tolerating um, bad attitudes for long. Some of the, the younger people entering the workplace um, want to be in a, a high energy place. So that being said, Vince, let's talk about energy for a while, that vague term energy. <laughs> um, so we f- we walk into a room or we, we walk into our office and we just feel an energy. Either it's uplifting or it's dense or it's just neutral and maybe it's just um, passive. How, how can we impact the room we walk into as a professional? Sure. I can give you a pretty good answer. It'll take me a minute or two. Okay. Okay. Um, realistically, as you set the scenario, um, if you walk into a room and you're facing negative energy, the quality of your response 
is going to be based on the quality of the energy that is within you. Just want to say that again. Mm -hmm. The quality of your response is going to be based on the quality of the energy within you. If you're a person that is very susceptible to what other people think, or if you don't have confidence in yourself, you're probably not going to have much of an effect. So to answer the question honestly, what you're going to be able to do in a room depends on the level of maturity or understanding you've been able to acquire within yourself. And what I'm suggesting to you is that the most important thing to affect anything in life is you have to have a vision of life. You have to have an accurate vision of how life progresses. And what I'm just simply suggesting to you is that for each one of us, there is an inner part of ourself. You can call it higher self, life force. Aristotle called it your natural ruler and guide. There is a certain something within you that will help, always help you to do the appropriate thing in any particular situation. So the best way to affect something in a room is to have, in a sense, grown within yourself prior to going into that room or into the workplace. You have to be able, and I try to encourage all of my students, to be able to to feed the inner you. What feeds the inner you by way of giving you values and principles in life? So that if a person continues to take the time each day to feed their inner you, to develop not only themselves physically, but also to develop themselves mentally and spiritually, then they have something within them that is readily available to be able to deal with those situations. When you get good at the process, taking the time for meditation or introspection, then you become quite confident that within you there is a wisdom that will always help you to do what is appropriate in the situations in which you found yourself, in which you find yourself. Again, I, I just like Aristotle's definition. You have a natural ruler and guide that will help you to do the appropriate thing when you enter that room of heavy energy. It may be to say nothing. It may be to say something. It may be to turn around and leave. That there's no sense in trying to affect something that is beyond your ability to affect it or simply beyond your questioning mind of what should I do. It's so much better to know that you have an internal guide that will help you to do what is appropriate. We normally call that intuition. It's an inner feel. So rather than trying to think it out and say, oh my gosh, what should I do? If you take the time to develop your inner guide, that'll pretty well tell you intuitively what needs to be done. That's a big answer, but I think that's an accurate answer. If you try to think it out, the problem with that is you never know what other people are thinking. You never know. The key is learning to be intuitive by having developed that quality within yourself so that when you go into that difficult room, you'll know the appropriate action for yourself. It takes time to develop the inner you, but if you don't, the outer you 
will fail dramatically. That's my honest suggestion. And and my practical experience with that is, um, you know, call it conditioning or or whatever. If somebody asks a question, then there's that imperative that one give a response immediately, and. One of the techniques that I have used and has has very helped quite a bit is to pause. And that pause could be five seconds or um, I've had to actually become skilled at saying, you know what, Um, this situation is, is worth my time to consider more thoroughly before I give a response. And that has really served me well to do that so that I can buy time to really know authentically how I should be in that situation. And also, That's a very nice response. I just want to compliment you on that, Lori. I think that's a very effective response. And that is actually a skill. I I recognize I wanted to pause, but I didn't know how to do that. And I help quite a f- I help my clients with this on how to really buy time. And again, that's respecting the situation and the person that's involved. In that, I am going to give them my time. And in these in these days, time is actually more precious than money for a lot of people. And um, Particularly when that time is really, in a sense, coming from a place of respect. Exactly. Exactly. And um, it sometimes it can be really more the most comfortable to just get on get on task. If I do more, if I just do do do, I don't have to really look at um, the, the being of my work. How am I conducting myself? How does it feel? I mean, the. The professional presence, uh, ethics side of business is, is everything in business beyond skills, abilities, and credentials. It's how we conduct our business. And a lot of times it's easier just to focus on what I can do. Let me show you what I can do rather than who I can be and what I can really contribute. And um, I, I like this discussion today. We're, we're talking about going within Vince to that place and I I know where that place is but if my cage gets rattled enough um, I know what I have to do to get back in that place <laughs> and if I don't make a conscious effort to access that I'm really in trouble and I'm glad we're, we're, we're talking about this today because looking outside of ourselves for externals, we are dependent on people, places, and things for what we really know to be true for ourselves. And it, it's not authentic and it doesn't feel good. So, Lots of words uh, of wisdom, Laurie. You're right on target. And let me just think here. We've covered some really good points that is, is just part of who, who I am in my work. And I always go back to, you know, sometimes my clients get stuck on, what, what do you mean by cooperation? You've got, you got to get respect, then trust, and then cooperation. Now, um, cooperation could mean many things. It could be you're going to the, the hairdresser and the cooperation is you're willing to stay there and make an appointment and you might even wait 10 minutes if that person at the front desk 
gave you the respect and the trust and sincerely told you that they would really like your business, would you mind waiting? Absolutely. Uh, it's been my experience that cooperation does mean a lot of things. But um, really what happens, I think, is when people feel that you care about them and you've served them well over a period of time, it seems like most vendors, most contractors, most people want to go to someone who they can depend on. If you've been dependable, people will cooperate with you, even if it means spending a little extra time, as you mentioned. But I always feel that the essence of cooperation stands on two pillars. The first one is the respect and trust you have in the client. But the second one, then, is the performance you've given them. When you have showed yourself effective in the past, when your performance skills when your professional ability has matched your concern, boy, then you're in a cooperative situation. People will pay more. They don't always go for the cheapest professional if they know they can trust the professional they're going to, not just to care about them, but to have high-quality performance. That's what I have found to be the essence of cooperation. The client appreciates your respect but especially your performance, that's why they keep coming back to you. You have those two skills. You're going to be on top of your profession. If one favors the other, then you'll be diminished in some way. But respect for and then service to the client, wow, you got it. You have a client for life. That's where the cooperation, I think, comes in. I mean, is it not true? You want to go to people who you know they're going to take good care of you and have performed well for you in the past. And I experienced a profound um, situation around cooperation. I was in the retail industry for 18 years, and it's volatile, up and down, whatever. When 2008 hit, uh, that last recession is where I saw evidence of cooperation, a commission sales environment. It was all about relationships that had been built, uh, corporations were downsizing. There was there was so much disruption in business at the time, and I saw these successful empl- the the employees that actually were sustainable during that time are the ones that had built a very strong relationship with their customers. They weren't impervious to the recession, but they they could stay in the job and they could be okay. And a recession is what weeds out. Um, you know, employees that haven't really been client-centered all along and haven't put the time in, the effort, and the sincerity into serving that client. And that's cooperation at its finest because it's your livelihood. Absolutely. And, and, the, and the people, it was unbelievable to watch customers rally around on behalf of those service professionals that had taken care of them for so many years. It was a beautiful thing to see in a pretty tragic situation. Well, if you can just take that principle, respect combined with service leads to trust and ongoing cooperation in good times and in bad. These are principles of life, Lori. These are universal principles. They apply to families, athletics, and certainly to professionalism. And um, I just want to keep on encouraging others to do that. And I really want to thank you for your program 
in trying to assist people to come to their highest potential in their professional lives. We so easily allow sometimes circumstances to overwhelm us, and it's uh, people like yourself and programs such as these which give them that added impetus. So kudos to you and what you're doing. Well, and what I love about what I'm doing is I bring guests on that feed my soul and my professional life. And that's that's just one other aside is one of the ways that we can help ourselves become better professionals is to surround ourselves by like-minded people because we do take on the energies of those that we bring into our inner circles. Without and a doubt. Yeah. Wiser words were never said than that, Lori. We always win with good people. And, uh, boy, to be energetic, to be able to emit a wonderful energy, that's probably the best way to attract wonderful energy. Just want to keep encouraging you. It's what you put out that's really going to be the attractive force, not just for the customer, but also, as you said, for fellow, for fellow professionals who are similarly energetically based as you are. Absolutely. Yes. And that's where the fulfillment comes in in business. It's, it, it, it's, it's more than a job. It's satisfying, fulfilling, it's joyful, it's creative. Vince, I want to thank you for being on the show today. You lifted my spirits and reminded me that I have within myself the answers to what I need in my professional life. You know, today in our show, we covered why attitude is important uh, to performance and and how to deal effectively with stressful situations at work. And lastly, we we covered our customer-based focus and what our customers need from us um, for us to serve them, and they will serve us in kind. It's what I call service with reciprocity. Nicely put, Lori. Good summary. All right. It was a pleasure to be with all of you today. Remember, the pathway to success is respect, trust, and cooperation. Enjoy a successful and fulfilling work week. Thank you for tuning in to The Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. To learn more about Lori Moss Concepts, our services, and to connect with the expert and professional presence, visit LoriMossConcepts.com. Tune in next week for more professionalism transformation. The Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life, airs every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a successful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.